Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. Holy shit. There's so much to give a shit about right now. Can you get over what's going on in this country? Um, you know, I am hopeful, folks. I am, I am more hopeful. So anyway, I just want to say I'm here in Denver uh, during the quarantine. My husband and I, I mean, I told you that last week if you heard. But anyway, my husband and I um, are visiting my stepson and his wife. We actually went camping with them this week. And, I, you know, it's kind of cool how the, how the quarantine or whatever you want to call it can sort of give it, we wouldn't have spent that much time alone with them if it wasn't for the quarantine and the subsequent visit and if they were probably able to hang out with their friends so we got to know them a lot better and they got to know us a lot better and we're still talking so i think that's a good a good sign i think it's a good sign um anyway um I am very, very, very excited about my guest today. It's, it's Kay Edwards. She's one of our hosts at Radio Free Brooklyn. She does an amazing show. It's, she's, so, she's like, you know how some people are good on the radio or they're great DJs or they do this or they do that or they ramble like me or whatever. Kay is actually a really talented radio personality. Like her gift, I think, is really for radio. And she does this great show, What Would Kay Say? And it's on every Sunday at 8 a.m. But before we get to Kay, uh, I just want to remind you that you are listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. I can only vouch for the Western Hemisphere, okay, that's it. Uh, but I, I, because I've listened to all those shows, I'm working on the Eastern Hemisphere. Anyway, it's really important that you donate to Radio Free Brooklyn. We really, we really need your help now, and uh, we really appreciate everything. You know, just listening to us is supporting us, but it's tough times for everyone everywhere, and our community is really important, and when you donate to Radio Free Brooklyn, you're not just donating to a radio station, you're donating to a voice for so many different people. It's a, it's a really diverse, genuinely diverse station. And we have every kind of talk, comedy, politics, music, from all sorts of communities. And so I think now is, a, we need your help. Okay, that's it, folks. We need your help. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash donate and help support us, support everyone during this time. It's a tough time. Anyway, so I'm here in Denver with at 10, it's uh, 10.43 now, but I'm with Kay, who it's almost one for her 1 p.m. Hi Kay. How are Hi, you doing? Lisa. 
I'm doing wonderful. Okay. Thank you. How are it's, you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I got to tell you, I'm a little, I'm a little, we, we had, um, it was my daughter-in-law's birthday last night. So okay. we were up a little late. I'm hoping that I'm coherent today. I'm going to work on it. But you know what? Actually, I'm kind of relaxed about it because you're so good on the radio and such a good speaker that even if I'm bumbling, like you'll be so smooth. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, thanks. Um, so Kay and I had listeners, you guys, not Kay, you guys, listen. So Kay and I, Kay, um, is black, I am white, and Kay and I had a chat before we were on the air because how it is such a fraught time. It is such an elephant in the room being black. We are, we are having a white person, a white woman and a black woman having a conversation today, having hopefully a deep, meaningful conversation. And we were talking about our feelings about it, I think. And the thing that I wanted Kay to know, and, and this, so I want you guys, I'm having, I want to put a little countertransference out there. And countertransference is when the therapist projects their feelings onto their patient. And my countertransference is that um, I am learning a lot about the I'm a white liberal person who's been shielded, you know, more than I, I'm beginning to wake up to how much I've been shielded from the black experience. And I wanted Kay to know that before we get started. And I wanted to know her feelings from her point of view about that and about, you know, what, where she is right now. And we talked about that, but I also, um, wanted to say that um, I wanted Kay to know that I have the uh, I have genuine respect for her and I was able to feel like she understood that so I may I don't want to avoid talking about things Kay do you we don't want to talk about avoid talking about anything as far as race goes if it comes up but there's a I believe we have mutual respect. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So if I say I'm, I'm of course the one who's worried about offending you because that's the way it is right now, but I'm not going to, we're not going to shy away from discussing anything. Right. As far as race goes, we're not that, worried that's... about offending each other. Right. I think. I don't think we are. I think it's more so, um, I look at being offended is I'm not going to, I don't think you're going to come out and say something derogatory towards me on purpose. You're okay. going to speak what you feel and from your heart. And if I get offended, I'm going to let you know Good. and we can discuss it. And same okay. thing with me. I'm going to speak from my heart. And if you become offended, you'll let me know. It's just going to be an open conversation. Okay, cool. So, uh, but I want, I want you guys in your, you know, in your, in your, wherever, you're probably in the bathroom taking a shit, listening to this or something, who knows. Uh, 
That's a real, that's a kind of a cheap laugh, isn't it? I'm, that's because I'm nervous. I'm telling you about my, I'm making myself vulnerable with the counter-transference. So anyway, <laughs> but we also decided, Kay and I decided that the most important thing was that we have a meaningful conversation and that we find out about what's behind Kay, Kay's creative project, which is her show and that it would be actually a, a lot more racist to talk about race. So we're not gonna talk about race. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Kay's show, and uh, I imagine racism will be, you know, you can't, you, it'll be in there, I'm sure. So we'll get to it, but, not to, but it's not what we're gonna be talking about today. So Kay, let's talk about your show. What, the way that I described it is that you have, I mean, you are really talented on the radio as a personality, but the substance, so that's your gift, or that is a gift. Is that your main gift? Do you think, do you, is that what your most creative, satisfying thing is doing the radio show? Or do you have some other like thing that is more meaningful creatively to you? I actually, the, the re to even understand that I it turned out so well for me to be on the radio, I'm actually surprised. Really? I mean, I've always I'm surprised. Yeah, I've never done anything in radio. I've always been told how my voice is so soothing, mm. how my voice commands attention. It makes people want to listen, mm -hmm. but I never saw myself as a radio personality. I did know that I was going to do public speaking, but I never imagined that it was gonna start out on the radio. Mm. So I was wow. quite surprised. So do you feel that your talent though was public speaking in a way? Do you feel like that's, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like uh, I could be talking to somebody who's great at, at doing a radio show, but like, their real thing is they spend all their time doing, you know, stand-up comedy or they're painting all the time and they're doing something else. But radio is your, is your jam, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Or I knew public was, speaking. Public you know speaking. What? I'm going to put it this way, Lisa. Speaking in any capacity. I know I was okay. supposed to have a voice. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's your thing. Let's call it public speaking. Radio is one part of it. Okay, that makes sense to me. So... But I want you guys, you guys listening to know that I think the gift of Kay's particular show, and I'm not somebody who's educated in religion or, or has a religious leaning or thinks about religion a lot. Kay is really talented at taking religion, particularly Christian religion, and making it making the concepts and the values and the humanity behind in in it universal and explaining it and talking about it not even explaining it just just actually talking about how how it relates to human to to you to you 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 individual you and making it relatable and inclusive I have to say, I love the last show. I that you you're you're not a fan of the evangel evangel evangel. What do you call them? 
and then the evangelicals, <laughs> which I, which and and I even understand why I on I learned like oh evangelicals is a bad vibe. It's a little bit maybe like what like some of the things the Hasidim do for the Jew, bad vibe. <laughs> so it, it's very inclusive. That's what I want to say, and. Um, so that's that's the particular gift I think about the radio show. Does that make sense to you? Do you want to explain the radio your radio show in your own words? Yeah, I would say it's exactly what you said, and that's I'm glad that you I'm glad that you took it that way. I'm glad that when you listen to the show, that's the that's the feeling and the understanding that you got from it, because that's exactly what I wanted to put out there. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. I'm more about relationship. And when you make it religion, to me, you make it with rules. Anything that has something to do with religion, it's always a, a set of rules, what you can mm-hmm. do, what you can't do, how not to walk, how to walk, when to walk, you know. And right. to me, when I think of Christ and I think of God, I think of, he gave us a freedom. There's a freedom attached with knowing him. So if he gives freedom, why would we then want to box ourselves into a a bunch of rules? Hmm. So when I talk on my show, I, everyday living, I talk about everyday things that's happening in people's lives, because regardless of whether you're black, white, Asian, Indian, the same Situations happen in everyone's life. And it, we all deal with it the same way in the sense of we all deal with it like if someone steps on your toe, it's going to hurt. <laughs> I don't care right. who you are. You understand right. what I mean? Right. It only changes from the way you respond to it. How mm-hmm. you respond to it, that's where you get the, oh, well, they responded like this because of that. Then all the other biases that you may have had coming up will be what comes out. But when you first get your toe stepped on, everyone, the first thing they say is, ouch, or, oh, or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I try to take just everyday normal occurrences and place it with religious understandings with it because it's all about just how you treat one another mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know that's so interesting because it what you're talking about for me reframes religion in such a bigger context um like it's really about humanity as a whole and i relate to that the way this is like how i relate to it. maybe some people maybe this will help explain it to somebody to make it a really bigger thing. Like I think about art, like art is my religion in a way. That's what I connect to. And I can go to any country in the world and find an artist. I can go anywhere in history and find people who, who make art and that's part of who they are the same way. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. It's exactly what you're talking about in that we are all connected by whatever it is that you see, whatever, however religion affects you, you see that as the most inclusive thing. Yes. Yes. If we just give each other the space to be who we are, it'll flow naturally that way. 
Right. So you're able to sort of take the that part of religion, the the most inclusive part, and 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 highlight that which is valuable, which transcends believing in God or any particular religious creed or system, right? Is that what we're saying? Is that what you're saying? I don't think, I'm not sure if it transcends it. To me, I think it is why I'm able to do that. Uh-huh. Because of who he is. Right. Because if you take him for who he is, then you have to include everybody. Right. You can't right. just make it separate. Right. right. You know? Right. So you understand God in a way that allows you to ex- be, talk about human behavior and relationships that is universal how's that yes, yes. okay yes. <laughs> all right i now put <laughs> now i understand your show <laughs> finally <laughs> no but you know i didn't i didn't i didn't i didn't quite understand it on that level but it makes sense now i think i do so anyway uh what i'm really interested in learning about you is what in your what in your what in your person what in your experience what in your you know life what what made you see it in such a broad way and be able to speak also i want to say this other thing to the listeners one of the things about that makes kay such a great public speaker is that she is able to speak slowly, not like, she's nothing like me. She speaks slowly, clearly. She doesn't feel, it doesn't feel rushed. It feels, it's full of patience in a way that is, makes her right, makes her very present. You Makes you very present. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel that when you're on, when you're speaking, you're very present. Uh, yeah, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm right there in the moment when it's happening. Yes, right. I, I do feel that way. Right, you're not like, you're really right there. And I think that is, is, part of, is a, a big part of your gift and your ability to take what many, many people know about and put it in and really be able to make it, real for for listeners so anyway let's talk about so should we start with public speaking like how or religion public speaking you know what i'm gonna say that public speaking for you is a very specific talent i mean (laughs) that you are good at that in a way that not that separates you out well thank you i think and I, I'll, I'll probably agree with you with that, but my public speaking ability was actually, it came from what I discovered my purpose was. Mm. As here we go, I'm always back, you know, going back into that whole relationship side of God. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're all put here for a purpose. Our lives have meaning. Mm-hmm. It just depends on if we decide to take up the task to say, okay, this is what I was here for, and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. We all have a choice when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And for a number of years, don't get me wrong, 
for a number of years, I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you didn't believe I you did not want to. I wanted no part of wanting to have a, and I knew that I, I knew I had a lot to say, but as a child, I was always very shy. And I'm a, you would never think so, Lisa, and I know you're going to laugh when I say this. I'm an introvert. No, no, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Like when you're not around people, you want to be alone. Yes. And yes. everybody thinks you're so social. I think I have, a, well, people can see my shyness, I think. But you are really great at like handling things and stuff like that. But it's, it's like a lot of work, right? It, it is. It takes so much. It takes so much for me to muster up when I have to go into a group, you know, to just be. But once I get there, once I'm in the group, then I'm like a social butterfly. I can talk to everyone, talk about anything, you know. Right. But it's getting me there. So I knew for a number of years, I had so much to say. And you're going to laugh. When I was a, a little girl in, in school, I'll never forget. Um, they always used to, when you came back from summer vacation, they always wanted to ask you, well, what did you do? And you always used to have to stand up and tell the class what you did for the summer. To me, that was like the worst thing you could have possibly asked me to do That's at so like a nine-year-old. <laughs> funny. That's so funny. That's so funny. You know, I also wanted to say, like, I'm a, uh, humility is a big, a big, um, something that I, I, I think is really where a great place to get power from and strength. And I think that believing in God in a certain way demands humility. And I think even when we talk about what you would rather, you know, when I talk about your, you know, your talent and also your relationship with god or religion you immediately go to that because that's a humble place if we talk about your talent that's not a humble place and that's not who you are you're really genuinely a humble person and i i just really appreciate that thank you like i really do i i you know being being a not humble will get you maybe more money or get you further. It does work, but being humble is a really way, is a really important ingredient, I think, I believe, for satisfying life and relationships. So I agree. It's an undervalued value, right? That's what we're saying. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So, so let's talk about your journey with religion then. Like, where did you grow? Do you want to tell us like what it was like, what re the role religion had for you as a child? Uh, I would say it started very early for me. Um, I knew I had been going to church, say like from, like I said, 9, 10, 11. I had been going to church. But even as a child like that, you go to church, you half listen, you half pay attention, you know. Yeah, I have no But idea. you know you know you oh it's well, gotta be hard my husband did it it's gotta be hard I never had to do that it's like you know what someplace you have to be you better pay attention things like that but as mm -hmm. a child you know your mind's gonna wander but you are you'd be surprised children do soak in what they're around they hear even though they're not paying you think they're not paying attention they do absorb the environment that they're in 
So I had that understanding of who God was, who Christ was, how you were supposed to live, what you were supposed to do. And of course, like I said, it went back to the whole rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm thinking in my head. Well, then if, mm-hmm. if that's what he wanted us to do, then why would he, why mm-hmm. would he put he, this here? Or why? And I was always one that was very inquisitive. So if you told me, well, don't do this, I was like, well, why not? You know, mm-hmm. if I have the option where I can do the other, why can't I do the other, you know? You're an independent so, thinker. That's where my whole back and forth came in with. And as I got older, as a teenager, of course, I lived my life. I didn't follow religion as closely as I did coming up when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got into my 20s again that I started getting back into it and really wanting to understand. Because at that point in my life, I was trying to figure out, well, what, are, what am I really doing here? To mm-hmm. me, no matter what I did, no matter what I accomplished, I still felt like there was something missing. Hmm. I was like, there has to be more to life than this. Well, what was your life like at that point? What was your life like in your 20s? Um, I was in college. Um, I was studying, actually, to be, I was studying political science. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a lawyer because I ultimately wanted to be a judge. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that's been my life dream. I really wanted to be a judge. Yeah, I really wanted to be a judge. (laughs) We need you to do that. But... (laughs) You'd be great. But then life took a turn, of course. Life took a turn. Um, got into the whole family thing. Had my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when with having him, I still, you know, stayed in school, was doing different things. And I still wasn't satisfied. I kept feeling that there was something more. And then here's where the part of the where we can now segue into the racism part of it. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what I was doing in my career, no matter how much, how many strides I had made with, even with my, um, my degrees, it still wasn't getting me what the next person was getting. And I knew I had more, I had more intellect. I knew I had more experience, but yet it seemed like, the next girl was getting all the promotions. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. So from there, that's when it really, that's when I really started questioning, okay, what am I really doing here? Why, what is this whole thing about life? What does this even mean? You know, are we here? I just want to make one thing. I just want to be clear myself about one thing. So when you're saying that you weren't getting where you why am i not getting anywhere you're saying it's because of race is that what you mean definitely okay i don't we're not candy coating this okay you're right absolutely right because people are fucking right because we are all fucking racist and let's just say it you know we okay let's just okay my first encounter with systemic racism was when i was in corporate america Oh, that must be like, so what, like you must, oh man. So like, what, 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 what do you mean? (laughs) I started out in, okay. I started out in banking. Um, and I actually started out doing federal fed funds and I was on trading floor, things of that nature. Oh my God. And, but 
I could, they wouldn't give me the title of being the controller. I had the, I had the title of being the controller, but they wouldn't give me the outright title of being the controller because it was like, we can't in this, I work for a Dutch bank. In this bank, we don't have black controllers. Oh my God. And where was this? Was this in New York City? It was in New York City, right down over <laughs> <on> Manhattan. <laughs> And what, what in the nineties or two thousands or? It was in the, yeah, was it eighties, nineties? It was nineties. Yeah. I and mean, that's not very long ago. We're not, that's not very long ago, kids. No, oh it's not. Oh my God, like, of course. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, so I left from there and went to another banking institution and Everyone that did operations were all minorities, and everyone that was in management were all Caucasians. And were they? So I was like, mostly. They were men. They were men. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was when they did finally give me the title of supervisor there the men had a problem dealing with me because they felt that I should have been more subservient, you know, more they submissive. Couldn't. And I'm like, if I, this is my title, I'm going to say what I'm going to, actually, let me just tell you the truth, Lisa. I don't need a title to say what I need to say. <laughs> 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 but I will say, because they gave me that title, then I definitely was going to let you know what I felt because now I'm walking in that title. <laughs> but it's not, it's more than that. You had to get your job done and you, you're a supervisor. So your job is having, is directing other people. So by the get, by the, by the definition of what your job is, your job duties, you have to tell people what to do and their job you, is to listen to you. You're not going to be able to do your job if people, or like you're failing, you will, you know, you're not going to be doing a good job if, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I had a vice president tell me, I had a vice president literally come out and tell me that if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have the position I had. No, I mean, that's just that's gross that i mean there's no word there's this is the radio and there are no words to really put to that that's horrible horrible doesn't do it so um but i'm not surprised to hear i mean i'm it's horrible and also am i really surprised me no uh but what made you want to change what so you gave, are you saying you gave that up, that kind of work, that kind of career path? You had like a major career path going, right? It sounds like it. I did, but that's, I moved from there and then went into telecommunications. <laughs> so what did so you, what did I stay, you? I stayed mm-hmm. in corporate America, moved from banking, went into telecommunications, moved up in the ranks there as well, but it was still something's missing. And it was at that point, I was then, as I was working, I had also enrolled in seminary school because I wanted a better understanding of what this whole religion was about. I wanted to get it. What, why, what, why do you think you wanted, what do you think made you curious at that point in your life? 
Because I guess looking at different pastors, seeing how they were leading their flock and some of the things that I saw happening, I was like, this can't be what it's really about. Oh, wow. So you're like the way I am about shrink, cynical. (laughs) (laughs) Except you're like that. Like, they don't know what they're fucking talking about. They (laughs) mean nothing. And you're the same way about pastors that I am about shrinks. It's like, what bullshit are, what? And that is so curious to me. Uh, what, what, let's, can I say they were spouting bullshit this, that we're, we're agreeing shrinks and pastors that we are, not all, the ones we are right. referring to. These yeah, guys. they were. And so I, what, I saw What was that bullshit? What was about it that's bullshit? What about it seemed like bullshit? I never heard that because, before, frankly. They were trying to put them in a box again. What do you mean? They were trying to box people in. This is the way you should think. This is the way you should act. This is the way you should carry yourself. And the God that I understood gave me freedom, gave me freedom to be who I'm supposed to be in him. If he's given me certain talents, I shouldn't have to wait for a pastor to tell me you can now use those talents to do whatever it is you need to do. God gave me those talents from birth. So, so, okay. I'm still, honestly, I'm trying to understand this, really understand this. So do pastors, and I had no religious training. We already know that. So do pastors, and um, it's not like I've never been to church. I heard a sermon or a Jew guy talking, rabbi, whatever. But are you saying that they are trying to teach, they are defining morals or values. Can you give me one example of something they were telling, trying to tell you that you, what you mean? Give me like one example of how they were limiting or put you in a box. Um, Say if, okay, say like, okay, I have a natural talent for speaking, natural talent. Right. Um, If I wanted to, if I wanted to just speak, Say if I belong to a church and I just wanted to speak, or if I felt that, you know what, I have a message that I need to, you know, say to a group, but it had to be vetted first. Like, oh, are, are, is that something we want to talk about right now? Or uh, let me see what, under what umbrella you're going to do it. Maybe you can do it through the women's, you know, the women's group. Or what if I didn't want to just talk to the women's group? What if I wanted to talk to everybody? Oh, so they had the same, in a certain way, a certain infrastructure that's not unlike corporate America. Yes. Oh, you know, that always bothers me. That bothers me about the art world too. It, there, there's a lot of that same, whatever it is that you're talking about. It's institutionalized something. Got it. <laughs> the word is, we don't, you and I are so similar in that way. We hate, we have authority. I have authority issues. I hate the fucking institutions. So go ahead. Are you like that kind of rebellious <laughs> against institutions? You know, I've been told that I am. I've been told that I don't like to take orders. <laughs> but I don't look at myself as not liking to take orders. I look at myself as I'm not going to take an order that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just blindly follow because you say I should blindly follow that. So you, I mean, like, Maybe, maybe like, let's, you have a talent for public speaking and you understand what is a positive, 
helpful thing to communicate to people and how to communicate it. And because it's kind of like if you're, you know, it's like anything else that you understand, like on a, on a deeper or let's say professional level, like you can tell what good acting is. You can, you understood what that could be and you didn't see it. Uh, you didn't you didn't see it being used. You didn't think it was yes. being done well. You felt like you could do that better, or like that you had the power to do it. That would be more beneficial to the people who were the audience, in a way, <laughs> right? But not Maybe. that I wanted to. Not that I wanted to replace the pastor, because to me, I do feel that everyone needs to be. You have to learn and be taught on some capacity. Everyone yeah. has the ability. You know, you have to. So it's not like I wanted to take over, but I didn't right, want I you understand to stifle that. me. You know, I didn't want you to stifle me in how I view things. Right, right. So that's what drew you into learning more about going deeper into under. It wasn't, you were, it sounds like you were interested in understanding the value of religion more. Is that make sense? I actually wanted to know what is it that God was actually saying to us? Because ah. sometimes I didn't feel that what I was being told, God was actually saying that. To ah, interesting. So then what happened? What happened I, with a seminary school or what happened when, how, so how, yep, go ahead. <laughs> I, actually, I actually ended up leaving seminary school because I did get into a debate with one of the teachers there about a particular scripture and uh, a belief about a certain uh, uh say something and say in theology is there's something that the, they looked at it she looked at it one way and i was like i don't think that's what it means so we actually got into a debate about what the scripture actually meant wow was that in a class sorry yeah because it I wasn't just a class. picture that i just want to picture it that wasn't, so was it, was it like class. what was the atmosphere in the class like was it a big deal well a lot there was a number of students that felt the way i felt mm -hmm. and there were some students that felt the way the teacher felt mm -hmm. and at that point i was like okay this is then i can't i knew i couldn't stay there uh -huh, interesting i would have had to change my thinking and my interpretation of what the word meant wow. in order to pass her class. And I, I couldn't wow. do that. Wow. Wow. I couldn't do that. Well, that's so impressive. <laughs> wow. That's when I knew I had to go and just, I would listen to, what I do is I listen to certain pastors that I know understand exactly what God is saying. Because they mm. give the word, because God is progressive. Let's, I'm going to put it out. God is progressive. He, he has a new message every day. It's a fresh word every day. And although we have the Bible to go back to, to refer to his word, his word never changes. But he's going to show you how that word is alive right now today. How you can use that word to examine yourself in today's living. And there were some parts of being in school and it was like, but no, that's not, ex we don't still live like that. So why do you still want us to follow the word like that? You know, mm -hmm. God is so much broader than that. Why are you making it so narrow? 
So I just want to understand this. How, how did you on your, I mean, really independently, really in your own mind, come to understand God when all these institutions didn't make sense to you? Like, how did you, you did it on your own. And how did you no, do that? I mean, on some no, level. On some level, I did it on my own, but I guess it was after that I, I sought out who I knew could give me a clearer understanding of what I needed to know in God uh, or what my purpose was. Uh, that's when I started sitting under a prophetic ministry. What, 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 what does that mean? The, the guy that I actually was sitting under, he was a, he's a prophet. Uh-huh. And is that the guide, like, what's your relationship? Is it like somebody that you go and see once a week? Like, what's that mean? What was that? Are, no, do you list, do you, not, what's the relationship like? What, 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 what does that mean? Um, a lot of people get prophecy mixed up with the people who, if you call them up and they'll tell your fortune. Wait, no, wait, I'm not let saying me, that the people. Let, no, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you because what I'm trying to understand is your relationship with the with the prophet or with the person with the person. Oh no, it was a ministry. Respect, the ministry. So what 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 did that look like? Like it was a ministry. So you would go. It to was church? like a regular church. So you just you found yes. a church you liked. Is that what we're saying? Where you found a yes. church that it was. It. Yes, it was. Okay. Yes. Okay. But so he, that's it wasn't. I relate to that in sort of a period of art history, like what kind of art I like and what speaks to me and what I believe in. I get that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you found a good ministry that made sense to you and you learned internalized a lot that way. Yes. Oh, okay. That must've been great when you found that. It was very refreshing because then I understood myself better. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it was good. So, so I guess that's how I learned how to relate the Bible to everyday life. That's mm -hmm. where I actually learned that, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. because there is, you can take, anyone can take, if you really think about it, the way people live their lives, they're following a lot of what the Bible says anyway, but they don't, they don't really even know that they're following what the Bible is saying. Right, 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 right. It's like shrinks getting the degree without really understanding human nature in their <laughs> beings. I get it. So are, do, you, do you go to that? Is that? Do you feel like that's like those people and you really, is, are those your people? Are you like when you, are you, do you, go, you go there and you're like, you have- a, I no longer, I don't go there anymore. Oh, okay. I don't go there anymore. Um, I'm basically now, like I just, I've now been able to, because I've matured in understanding right. how to under, you know, interpret the word. I can now hear different ministers and pastors. I know when they're, they're talking the way that I can get an understanding from it. Right. And I'll listen to the messages coming through the different ministers. Right, right, right. So interesting. So have you ever thought of being a minister or any of that? Actually, no. But it's funny 
I now with my show, sometimes when I'm doing my show, I feel like I'm giving a sermon. <laughs> it feel it does seem a little bit like that in a cool in a cool way, not a in cool like way. An institutionalized way. Right. And um, I I said uh she makes I laugh leaderboards. I just want to tell you guys, you people listening, she makes the leaderboards a lot. Like her show's doing well. Just just want you to know this is not no joke here. Okay, go ahead. So um, because you're not gonna say that, you're humble. <laughs> um but I wish they would do, I would love to have your listeners listen in to see what I'm saying. I think they would get a lot out of the show. I do too. I do too. I want to remind them that it's Sunday at 8 a.m. Every Sunday, 8 a.m. What would Kay say? I want to remind them that there's a full, full list archives. If you go to the show page on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, what, what, look up what would Kay say, and there's all her archives right there on the page. And I, I am telling you, as uh, somebody who is no religious training whatsoever and very little religion, I am a Jew, we do eat matzo ball soup, but very little hardcore religion that um, Kay, it's like uses religion and God as a way to make sense of the world, but it's not, it's big... Like I said in the beginning, the ideas are way bigger than just something as specific, any one specific thing. It's about humanity and it's very relatable. And it's also like really interesting. I mean, you've got a lot. I think what, you know, what else is really cool for me as a listener, as a consumer of what would Kay say is to hear somebody coming from a religious place that is so relatable because so many people like me who like or like ah religion whatever that's not part of who I am it's a way of seeing the value of it but not because it's just about religion right does that make any sense yes so anyway yes you guys should listen to it that's the point so anyway so um so you never, you didn't ever really want to be a uh, pastor or anything like that or? Never, never wanted to be a pastor. So it's more about I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to do counseling. I knew I wanted to do something that, that involved changing people's lives for the better. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew I could probably do it much better if I did the public speaking, mm-hmm. you know, just talking to people, just mm-hmm. telling them, listening to what their life was, listening to how they navigate through life, and then just giving them alternatives. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that they have an alternative to the mm-hmm. way that they live. Mm-hmm. And I thought I could do a better job at doing that. So do you feel like that's rewarding in that, do you feel like the radio show is giving you that? Or do you feel yeah are there Definitely. other are there other things that are there other public speaking things that you've done that are rewarding for you i actually haven't done other public speaking things and Amazing. when <laughs> see, that's the thing about when i left my when i left my previous job i actually left to start this whole public speaking 
voyage that I can now call my second part of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I have my degree in philosophy, so I'm sure that plays a part mm-hmm. in a lot of what I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how I interact with people. But doing this radio show, I would say is my first public speaking in talking to outside audience that I don't see, I don't know who I'm talking to, but obviously I'm relatable because they are listening to the show. Wow, I'm so proud to have been, uh, to like be be at the beginning of this journey. My God, this is so so great. Well, I think we should try to get, you know, we should try, I have organized live, help people organize live shows of the radio show we we got to do that with you when things open up you know what we only have like 10 minutes left and i wanted to make sure that i covered your childhood a bit because i do like i do think like it's really extraordinary how you um think for yourself and a lot you know and make some you know brave choice risky choices i don't know if i would go on your, if I could like be as whatever comptroller anywhere, no matter how they treated me, I'd probably stick with that. The health insurance is good. The pay is good, whatever. So I think in my book, you've made brave choices, but I want to know a little bit about your childhood just so I can imagine it. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, born and raised Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And did you have brothers, sisters, brothers? I'm, I'm the fifth one of six children. Wow. Yeah, I grew up in Bay Ridge, Mm -hmm. which at that time, that also shapes a lot of my understanding of racism, Mm -hmm. because I experienced a lot of it out there. Uh Uh-huh. It is. Um, mm -hmm. I went to private school for my early years, and junior high school and high school was public. Uh Uh-huh. What did your parents do? Were were your parents- My parents- my and I think that's where I get my independent thinking from. My mm-hmm. mother and my father. My mother was you. God rest her soul. She's now passed on, but she was one. And my father was all about education. Oh, you, if you that's what, the one thing they would always say to to us was, they could take anything they want from you, but they can't take your knowledge from you. Wow, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. I'm writing that down. That is so powerful. Okay. And And the reason why they they said that was because they knew what the world was like. They knew what they experienced in the world. But they also knew that when you have knowledge, no matter how much you're stripped down, And this is, I guess, why I moved from one place to the next to the next. And although I may leave something that could be very comfortable and take the chance and go someplace else, because in my mind, if I have knowledge, it's going to work for me. Mm. There's no way it's not going to work for me. Mm. Interesting. And I got that from being a a young girl. Wow. So what did your parents do? Where did did they have an opportunity to be educated? And my mother was a computer operator mm-hmm. for the board of ed. She did mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and my father was actually in construction, mm-hmm. so he didn't go to college. 
-hmm. but he read a lot on his own. And Mm -hmm. see, that's the thing that they taught us as well. You don't have to have brick and mortar school to be knowledgeable. Wow. There's libraries there. There's books everywhere. All you have to do is pick up and read. Wow. That is so good. Wow, they really are. Wow, that is really, they were, you have like a good parenting story. You know, so many people (laughs) who have overcome shit have like crappy parenting stories. And they did this and then, and I wasn't going to let them, my parents keep me down, but you you have good parenting. So um, were your brothers and sisters, are they, did, so you, education was really important. That was important in my household. My, I have a, my sister graduated from college. My older sister graduated from college. My mm-hmm. oldest sister, she didn't want anything to do with college. So she stayed in corporate America and she became, you know, she, ha- she was a vice president and everything in the banking industry. She did well, but she didn't want anything to do with school. But she did, she didn't kind of. She knew she needed knowledge, but she was like, I'm not going to school for it. <laughs> Was your mother really outspoken? Was she good at making her voice heard? Yeah. It's okay. It sounds like you had a, you know, a pretty, your parents had the right idea. That's for sure. And you can see that it worked in in many, many ways. I know you've done, done the hard work and stuff, but they really had some good, Good. They did some good parenting. They get points for that. It's hard to be a good parent. <laughs> Thanks. But they, I, you know, they tried. So your childhood, so, okay, you educated yourself, but, you know, I was there racism in school? Like, you must have really dealt with some hardcore racism as a kid, did you? What was it like? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And, um, I, I say I, I, I faced it not when I was in private school. In private school, you don't see it because you, it's diverse. Private school is diverse. Mm-hmm. I noticed it growing up in Bay Ridge, going to junior high school. That was my first encounter of people don't like me because of the color of my skin. Mm. And there was actually an episode where a group of us, that lived in the same building, we were actually chased home from school by the neighborhood people. Actually, what made, when I think back to it now, I'm like, adults are just so, can be so stupid at times. It was adults? Because it was actually, it was the parents of the children that we were going to school with oh my. that actually was chased. They were standing outside the school ready to just like pummel our little bodies. And we, they were good. We had to run home. That's I ran so just... home and it was over. It was like over five miles I had to run. Oh my God. That's so disgusting. Did the school do anything? Did you tell your parents? Yeah, when we got home, we told our parents, we, the parents, the next day, they kept us out of school the, the rest of the week. The parents went there, they had a big PTA meeting, and the, I guess the neighborhood just could not understand why we had to be sitting in that classroom with their children learning. 
Oh my God. When I think back to that, I'm like, you would think I was raised in the 1940s. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. There's one question I want to ask you about what you said. You said you noticed it in junior high school. So what about elementary school? What about your very early years in school? Did you? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't know. I didn't have it there because like I was in um, private school. Oh. So in going to the private school, it's diverse. You don't, you don't, you don't get oh, that. Oh, that's great. Do you think that's why your parents sent you to private school? It might've been, I'm not uh-huh. sure. I think my mother was just always on the cutting edge of the next level of education. education. So Edu- she was, okay, I'm going to, put her in private school. My other sisters didn't go to private school, but she's like, I'm going to put her and her brother in private school and we're going to see what happens, you know, here. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I followed the Netmo too. My son's early education was private school as well. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to public school until he was in junior high, high school mm-hmm. as well. So it, it paid off. I mean, it was a, it was a, a great, a, yeah totally different uh like what's going on you know so is private would like would you say private school is less racist is his experience in private school less racist or he must be dealing i mean i don't know as a mother you know of a young boy i think i don't know if it's less racist i just think the parents hide it better oh oh right 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 Right. They're more school. Right. 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 Yeah. So if you're at, you, if you're on a certain intellectual level, you can't show that outrightly. I mean, you could do it in your own home, but you're not going to bring it to the school. Right. How would right. that look? Right. 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 <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So that's horrible. So was being in school after that uncomfortable? Did it, did, it change, so. did it change you? Did that make you feel differently about your race, that one incident? It made me feel differently about your race. <laughs> <laughs> I was always fine with my race. <laughs> and I say that because my parents raised me that Yes, my skin is, I'm, I'm an African-American, I'm a black woman, I'm, I was a black child, but there's nothing wrong with being black. They raised me to be proud that I was black. So I never saw anything being wrong with me. When I got that racism directed towards me, it made me look at your people as, what is wrong with them? <laughs> That's fabulous. That's that is so wow! What a uh, what a grounded family you had. What a grounded. I mean, probably a lot of that is in your nature, but that those are you really got that. That is inspiring to hear that. Actually, that but let me tell you, it's not like my my family was without having dysfunction in it. I mean, every family has their level of dysfunction oh, yeah, within let, it. Let's, let's not, let's, let's not idealize your family. No, we're definitely yes. going to not do that. But you know what? I'm going to, we're going to have to go. Thank you so much for being here. Um, anyway, uh, what would Kay say is Dr. Lisa gives a shit.